Podcast episode 73. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co host Ryan Sinitsky. Hello. Audi's stupid. <laughs> Audi's very stupid. Um, that is not what we're talking about right now. No. Let's <laughs> jump right into beer it's first. Only about like Northeast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to drown my sorrows basically in some Northeast. I am drinking a cool light from Monday. Can we uh, actually, can we, let's just talk about Audi. <laughs> I want to talk about that first. All right, fine. We'll do that first. This is literally just added. I did not know. This is so... I'm like flabbergasted. I was literally adding my first topic into the notes just before we started. And... I read it and I'm just... I'm triggered. (laughs) It's so stupid. So anyway, Audi, the same company that got rid of its entire manual transmission lineup in 2018, also just now cancels its European delivery option for U.S. buyers. All right, so this is why I'm mad about it. It's not even an enthusiast. Are you ass mad? Yeah. Actually, I'm really mad about this. It's not even It's not even an enthusiast thing. No, I know. It, that, that, this is why I'm mad about it. I'm mad about it because it's a keeping up with the Joneses. It's a marketing thing. Do you know who else still has their European delivery? And literally every other I was gonna luxury. Say everyone. Every other luxury manufacturer. Volvo, BMW, Porsche, Mercedes, you name it, still have European Actually, I delivery. Think I, I need to have this confirmed, but I'm pretty sure if you buy a Renault in Mexico or Canada, you even have a European delivery option. I'm pretty sure. I'm Wait, not... they'll like ship it across the seas and you pick it up in France? Yeah, like, it, yeah, yeah, like, no, I, like, if it's one that's like made in a French facility. I want to see America delivery option for like some of these <laughs> things where the no, Europeans yeah, come over like, here. I would, I would love to see like, yeah. Why like, don't they do that? I don't know. Probably tariffs. Thanks, I, Trump. No, I mean, that would make sense. Like if they did like American delivery option for yeah. like a CTSV. Yeah. Like, or I guess. Walls well, aren't sold there, a, but like a, a Mustang GT or something. Yeah, yeah. like. Whatever, like, cool American car is actually made in America still. Like, that'd uh, be really cool. BMWs? You know, if um, <laughs> if Japan, like, if they had, like, a European or a Japanese delivery option for, like, GTRs. Yeah. Like, especially a GTR 50, you're paying a million dollars for that car. But anyway. That's ridiculous, by the way. Yeah, but it's, they only made, like, a hundred of them or something. So it's, like. Just because it's rare doesn't necessarily mean it should be expensive. Well, it's. There's some reasoning behind it. I think it's plug ugly, but I mean, it's whoever's choice. There's a lot of dead ants. There's in there. a lot of ants in that ant good. Um, It worked beautifully. Good. <laughs> I've not seen one today. Perfect. No, there's, this, this is the issue with this whole European delivery thing is Audi's really getting lazy and shitty. And uh, yeah, we saw that with the A3. But they've been lazy and shitty. But now it's like it's like mask off. Like they're mask just. Off. Yeah, it's a future song where he just like comes out saying like, "Yeah, dude, I do Molly all the time." Oh, yeah, but anyway, just th- like that guy at the New Year's Eve concert. Or no, that was Steve Aoki. I went to Steve Aoki earlier this year. Oh, tight all at right. um, the Armory, and the dude next to me like dropped all of his Molly, and I had to help him find it, and then he offered me one. I'm like, "No, thanks." <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, so it's this is just so frustrating. It's like there's like they they're just op- openly saying, "I don't even care at this point." It's yeah. just. They're, they're just embracing their shit. They're no longer trying to compete with their other cohorts. They're trying to compete with Cadillac. Cadillac? Like, lower level luxury cars. They're not trying to keep like compete with the Mercedes and the BMWs and the Alfa Romeos of the world. 
They're trying to compete. I if Alpha does that. I'm pretty sure they do. <laughs> but they're trying to compete with the Lexuses and the Infinities and the Acuras. The ones that are largely front-wheel drive based and not like as like not as not the same level, I guess I should say. An A three, yeah, the A three is far worse than any of those. And I guess I shouldn't really say that like Cadillac or I shouldn't say that Acura, Infinity, and Lexus are a lower level because they're really not. They are on the same level, but they're as far as their marketing it's goes. It's a different scope of yeah. Yeah, it's customers. it's a it's a different marketing sort of thing. Whereas like the European brands like. They know you're buying it for the name. Right. Like, Audi's just like... The prestige. Yeah, it's... They're not... Audi's not even attempting to be that. They're just being like, yeah, we make a nice car, too. Uh, And I think think at this point, this is actually a really dangerous thing for Audi. Because what Audi has is they have their enthusiasts. They have... Had. Well, they still do, because they haven't had any sales drop yet. Um, Audi still has that kind of, like name that goes along with one of the German luxury brands. That's what they are. So uh, what they're buying is people that go, I like German cars. Hey, that's a German car. Let's get that one. No, that's Volkswagen. Well, that's, what is an Audi? Well, I understand that. It's somebody that moved up from a Volkswagen. Did Volkswagen ever offer a European delivery option? I cannot confirm or deny, because I feel like if I say no, there's going to be some weird Volkswagen that did. But, um... No, it, it's what what they're going to now is they're going to be like, all right, I want to make a luxury car. But the thing is, is the people that are looking to buy a luxury car and they are not trying, they don't really care about the name or the whole European thing. Mm-hmm. They don't, they buy it for reliability and how nice they are. And that's really not Audi's forte because Audi's whole forte is, it's a really dope Volkswagen, if you're into that sort of thing. They do not offer it. Okay, so Volkswagen does not. I just pulled up two articles on the best European delivery programs. And Audi's on the top of both of them. Wow, well, they were. Mm-hmm. Um, Bentley is also another one. Yeah, so Bentley's another one that they, that they are no longer competing with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really think that what they're, what they're going to kind of put themselves into is that same kind of level of car as like the Lexus or the Acura. And the mm-hmm. Lexus is going to kick Audi's ass at this point now. I can't believe they haven't already. I mean, everyone that's buying an Audi now is buying a Q5. Well, actually, the thing is, what I've seen at, at least my work, mm-hmm. is an insane amount of turnover to Lexus. I, I've not seen anybody with a 2OT buy another Audi. I do not know of any scenario where I would go in, look at an A4, and not end up in an IS. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like we get a lot of people that like buy A4s and like they buy them because they hear, oh, it's it's got the all wheel drive. It's got this. It's got that. It feels good. And these are not enthusiasts at all that are doing this. These are these are just normal dummies trying to flex on people with their steezy A4. Yeah. The 430 buyer, um, a lower (laughs) price range. It's a lower price range 430 buyer. Um and no, what, what these people are going to end up doing is they're going to buy this Audi. They're not going to have the European delivery experience because mm-hmm. that does a lot for really getting people engaged with the brand. Well, it does. I mean, a lot of the reason, like, wow, okay, we've always wanted to take a vacation to blah. And they cut a bunch of money off the MSRP of the car and pay for a portion of the trip, not the whole thing. 
But like it's it's the same price to European deliver a car, basically, plus incidentals on your trip as it is Honestly, to get it shipped to the dealership normally. I I didn't even know they just that they lowered the MSRP. I would assume that yeah, it would be did. the same price. It would just be three thousand dollars on top of it. Nope. Yeah, because that's how uh, that's how Volvo's used to be. Because I know Volvo used to do okay. it. Volvo still does it. They're, yeah, they're a big one. But I, I know, like back, like you know, fifteen years ago. Well, this is BMW. I'm, I'm saying so. Maybe Audi didn't. But yeah. But uh, I know Volvo. You would just add it on top. Same hmm. thing with Mercedes, like in the early two thousands. Interesting. Um, but that's the thing is that does a lot for engaging buyers. So if you get that cool trip and you get to go to the factory, and you, you get, get to, to go to Auschwitz, car, you get to go to Germany. Um, I had a little bit of a pause there. <laughs> if you, you get to go to Germany, I have a picture of my mom's old three thirty five in the Auschwitz parking lot. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Um, that does a lot for engaging people with the brand because mm-hmm. you're like, this car's so amazing. You get that experience, and when that car has an insane repair bill because mm-hmm. something stupid broke. Oh God, yeah. Instead of being like, oh, really? You just sit there and go. I remember that time we went to Germany with this car? Like, that was so cool. Right, you actually form an attachment to your vehicle. It gets you an attachment to that vehicle. And if you don't fix it, you go, you know what? I think it's time we do another cool trip to Germany. Right. You go and buy another one. Yep. Or like... Because you had a great time during Oktoberfest in Germany picking up your new car. Yeah, exactly. And... It sounded amazing. I didn't do the European delivery, but... But... And, well, this is the thing. Let's say there are these people that don't do that. Mm Mm-hmm. They go, oh, that's really cool. I can I can do that. Maybe next time I buy one, I'll do that. Right. Because next time I'll buy one, I'll be I'll have moved up higher in the economic ladder. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Well, you're out of your repair bills. will probably get the the better if of that. If they're currently driving an Audi, they probably won't be moving up. No. But the, but that's the thing is, your Audi is now going to lose out on that demographic, on that customer engagement. Right. And that's the thing where I think that. They have their name, and that is what they have. Because mm-hmm. if you look at an Audi apples to apples with literally any other car on the universe, it does not stack up. And both of their major competitors still offer their excellent European delivery programs. Yeah, they do. And then uh, worse than that, um, the ones that don't have a European delivery program are just downright better cars. And that's the thing. Or is, better value. Well, that's the thing is, now you can get yourself a Lexus mm-hmm. that has all-wheel drive, that yep. is the same size, that is more reliable, has better electronics, better... Um, and honestly, it's probably better to drive. Better infotainment, better to drive, better power, better power delivery, a smoother idle, which is the thing that has gotten me on every single A4. Oh, yeah. It feels like you're idling in a Sherman tank with a the bad motor mount. A couple of days ago with that Q5, I'm like... <laughs> They idle like garbage. Like, they're so bad. Like it had been a, a good, good while since I had driven a TSI vehicle. I'm like, wow, yeah, they're this not is good. Really not good. No, like honestly, they idle about as rough as a Carmen Ghia. Yeah, I can see that. And a Carmen Ghia is not a smooth car, and it doesn't have hydraulic engine mounts like a TSI does. No, it's awful. Uh, I don't know how but, they do that, man. Um, no, it's oh my god, it's just it's so stupid. Like, ah, uh, they're it's, they must have fired like the last five people that worked at Audi. That, they all like, jumped ship to Kia. Like the the last five people that worked at Audi that like aren't in jail. <laughs> that <laughs> like 
understand in real life where they are as a brand clearly have not been consulted here. Um, the last five Audi employees that weren't in jail. I, yeah. I love it. It's a, it's, a, it's a very bad time to be at Audi right now. And if you work there, jump ship, because that is Mitsubishi Part 2. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is not good. God. All the right. The new Audi A5 Eclipse Cross. I'm Speaking of Lexus, I want to talk about Toyota. Yes, yes. I, I was expecting you to cover this first, so let's, let's well, go right I, on. Well, this was about to happen first until I got triggered. Um, Toyota. Yeah, let's start with this, this graph. Yeah, you can see here is one dot on this graph. So what is this graph? Way higher. This is a graph of the last uh, three years of brand trailer auction sales. And if you see on the far right of the graph is an for, outlier. For what? Is this for, all cars on Bring a Trailer? No, this is just the Mark IV Toyota Supra. And a Turbo Auto Manual? All variants. All of, of them. Just all variants. Mark IV Supra. Okay. Yep. I'm seeing I'm seeing one outlier on this yeah, graph. Yeah, one massive one, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one just sold this week for a record $121,000. Now, before I click on this, tell me about this car. So, all right. You have to understand here, if you look at the two below it on the graph... The other two that are around 80,000 miles. One is roughly the same miles, 5,700 miles. Yeah. Tur- Supra, turbo, automatic. Oh, gross. No, yeah. no, 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 the, no. The other one, 29,000 miles, uh, three times as much mile, as many miles as, well, I guess, yeah, th- three times as many I mean, miles. Give or take, yeah. Yeah, give yeah. or take. Ha- and modified. I see, so, like, fixie wheels on it from here. So. Yeah, so fancy, schmancy wheels and everything. Okay. This one, though. This one looks bone stock. It is completely unmolested. I'm clicking out. Oh, my. 7,000 miles, twin-turbo, six-speed Targa. Oh, nice. Yeah. Super, super nice. And this sounds really, really crappy, but it's actually a good thing. Do you see the inconsistency of the paint on the rear bumper? I do. That is because it has never been repainted. It has never been crashed. There's never been anything that's happened to it. What happened on those... The plastics versus the metals, the paint fade was different in the sun. Just like the Corolla S. Yep. And the BMW 8 Series. Yes. Yep. And that car, that's how, that's a telltale sign of that's the original paint. That's incredible. If that is like that. Uh, and a lot of people are complaining about like the orange peel being off and stuff. Renaissance Red. Yep, that's the name of the color. Um, red on tan, it's like one of the least desirable super colors if, for t- a lot of nerds. But those people also like the like four screen color, so I don't really care what they say. So I if love this that color car had black interior, would it have sold for one hundred thirty yes. or forty? Oh yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah, the only thing that wasn't perfect about it was the color. Uh, and God, there, that interior is so terrible. I actually, I really like it. it. The gauges always just remind me of like a Mack truck. Like they're super basic and trashy. That's nineteen ninety three, dude. D- look at the. Second gen MR2 gauge cluster next. Even the Previa gauge cluster looked way better than well, this. What they were going for was those two were kind of coming out of the show me kind of like big hair 80s style of having everything be ridiculous. This is supposed to be more of a driver centric car. Simple to read, easy to see, no frills, make it good and make it work. That's what they did with this. But this is what's really important about this is this is the first time a Mark IV Super has ever sold for six figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of the big Japanese uh, muscle cars of the 90s, uh, which is kind of what they call them. I know they're not muscle cars. So they're big, hairy, high-power monsters, 
for the era. Right. Um, and it's not even so, really a tuner because it's stock. No, it, well, I mean, a lot of people consider them tuner cars, but they're like a higher level than like a Civic or, you know, frankly, MR2. You know, oh, these, of course, yeah. These were the, the Halo cars. Yeah. Um, um, was it this, the the VR4, the Z32 Twin the 3000, Turbo? Yeah, 3000 GT VR4. The uh, Z, That's pretty much Z32 it. 300ZX Twin Turbo. Yep. Skylines, NSXs. Every manufacturer had a car like this that mattered. And the ones that didn't have left the market. I have, I've just never seen one this stock before. Yeah, it's... Uh, that's a thing. Is They only made... Um, actually... I think they only made like four thousand, six thousand manual turbos. Wow! Um, and for, the, for the U.S. or worldwide? For the U.S. worldwide, I think okay. it was like ten. Sorry, I just shook my camera for that's people fine. on Twitch. Look at the orange peel on that bumper. Oh! But that's the thing; it was painted. Factory. It's painted separate, so that's how you can tell. Yeah. Um, wow, 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 wow! The only thing that's a little weird is the the badging's a little off. Really? Yeah, it's slightly too high, huh. but. It's like it, likely because it was probably a gold trim car, and somebody didn't want the gold trim at the dealer. Oh, they switched it. Okay. I think it was a gold trim car. I think it would have also probably added, you know, maybe two or three thousand to the top price. I love the Supra word on the caliper. <laughs> Super badge on the I've caliper. I've never seen one of these. With Those are original brakes. tires, by the way. That's terrifying. Yeah, the nineteen ninety four tires. Uh, if I it, luckily the car is going to a collection, so it's not going to be crashed into a tree. At, yeah, I think this is going to be one of those, like, the stewards of the brand car, probably yeah. forever. This is an amazing example of the car. But that's the thing. Of all those Japanese halo muscle car things from the 90s, yeah, this is the first one that go for six figures. Yeah, and it this, definitely won't be the last. No, this is, this is the one that sets the precedent. Everybody and their mother speculated that this would, that this would happen. I guess we put Janet asleep on camera. <laughs> um, Jana just really hates the Mark IV Supra. Apparently, yeah, she fell asleep on camera. <laughs> I was um, asleep. I was just putting my head on my knee. Yeah, See, these, these gauges. Oh, so. uh, these look so terrible to me. Oh, they look awful, but I mean, it's the nineties. But anyway, uh, of the of these cars, they are. Um, this is the first one to really go for six years, and everybody and their mother was speculating this is going to happen in twenty eighteen. Of course, and I don't know if it, if this is like an intentional thing, but they put they put this car up for auction <laughs> so it would sell in twenty nineteen. Oh, <laughs> so it's, dang! Yeah, traction control. Big I thought deal, this actually. said VCST, or is that the VVTI engines? Uh, that'd be the VVTIs. Okay, yeah, the early ones just said traction control. Interesting. Um, but yeah, no. So th- this is actually a super important car. Is uh, it the original battery? No, but it's a Twitter. It's a Twitter replacement. I thought that too. I had to ask. Okay. I, I actually had to when I wrote the article about this for JNC. Yeah. I had to ask Ben. I'm like, "Is this the original battery? Like, this says Toyota on it." And he goes, "No, it's, it's a factory replacement." So, okay, that would have been really cool if it was the original battery. Yeah, that would have been. Yeah, wow. <laughs> the story behind the car is the car is actually technically a two owner, but it's really a one owner. Oh, it, it, was, says, it says two previous owners. Yeah, so it was a Toyota lease. Okay, and then the lessee bought it out from Toyota. Okay. So it's technically a two-owner, but it's the same person okay. that owned it twice. So this person's owned it since new. Yeah. Okay. One, one owner car. Wow. And then they sold it to a collector like dealership thing. Okay. And that's when it so went So it's just on reassignment right now. Then. Yeah. yeah. It, it was... It, it, Lease cars are always weird because it'll always say there's one more owner than there really is. Right. I've dealt with that for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Average annual mileage, 316. <laughs> okay so it's it was originally yeah a lease florida and pennsylvania so the person moved from florida to pennsylvania then um yes so the person moved from florida to pennsylvania 
And that that was kind of the difference. Wow, seven thousand one hundred eleven yeah. miles. Yeah, that's that's a nice car. I still think they're a little overhyped, but I really do like it. it well, that's the thing is, um, the that that's what everybody says is there's this like weird thing, and this is kind of what we wanted to talk about. Everybody that I know that's into this car says this is ridiculous. It's overhyped. No, well, I'm, but, but I'm not saying because of the price it's no, fetching. No, I just no. mean like versus its competition from the 90s, like the FDR X7, the Z Z32 from Turbo, the GTO. Well, this one was, you know, it did. It was better than all those. It, it, and I love it. it I love that the RX7. The FDR X7s. I, I but this didn't that. have the tech of the Z32. No, it didn't. It and didn't it, have the looks of the FD. It didn't have the looks of the FD. It, it didn't, didn't have, have the technological masterpiece thing of the the VR4. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't have. This the, is the most basic. But the thing is, this is the one that like made the power. It's the one that has the racing pedigree. True. You know, the FDRX7, as great as it was, and never like beat a Porsche to set a production car Nurburgring lap record. Right. Which this one did. That, I, I understand why it has the following it yeah. does. I just I can't this get, is I can't get behind also it. Also the fa- the, this chassis is also the fastest import actually fastest car period in half mile racing right now. Half mile drag racing. Mm-hmm. Uh this one is sits at like 246 miles per How hour. How was like the first gen 4 GT or the Lamborghini twin turbo platform not bested it? Be because they're super expensive to build and people just haven't done the first gen four GTs. Well, that's the thing is like, that's what this is. Like this has beaten UGR Lambos. This has, this has beaten UGR Lambos. And that's the thing is the UGR Lambo gets off the line, but then it's all wheel drive, like makes it fall on its face at top end. Hmm. Cause it has to send power to more. It has way more parasitic loss. Like this one's just, it works. But, uh, no, yeah. th- this is the thing though is, um, Every single enthusiast I know, I, 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 I've not met an enthusiast that has said that this isn't totally ridiculous. And the people that are buying these for this price are exclusively collectors and speculators. And honestly, the, the, the amount of car you're getting for that money is still pretty good. Oh, I mean, it's amazing. There's yeah. a bunch of E30 M3s that trade hands for six figures now. Yeah, exactly. And those are slow as shit. Yeah, you're getting a really awesome but car. But these don't have any racing pedigree. No, yeah, they do. Not like that. No. no, not as high as it is the E30 M3, but I mean, like, most cars aren't like the E30 M3. But that's no. not why this exists. When I, say, when I say that this has a racing pedigree. But these started getting raced after they were introduced. Uh, it was Toyota's factory racer. Racing, actually. it wasn't, like, created and designed to it be their was. race car. Yes, it was. It was their touring car in Japan for JGTC. What that's was it what replacing? It was replacing the a 70 Supra. Oh, actually. so the, the, the previous generation, okay. the Mark yeah. three. Yeah. The Mark three. Uh, and this one actually does have an amazing racing pedigree in road racing. I mean, like I said, it did set the Nürburgring lap record for mm-hmm. modified production. It said, uh, it was the very, uh, a Mark four Supra was the very first hybrid car to win a race. Um, Toyota Sard made, or Sard, sorry, Tom's Sard, which is a, I, yeah, uh, that's a uh, aftermarket. I love how manufacturer. Tom's mimicked the uh, font with the Supra. <laughs> they did, the yes. Supra. I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but they um, they made a 3SGE hybrid version of this Weird. that was all wheel drive that hmm. used a hybrid motor up front. And that won its very first race in 2007. Even though the car was signed in 1993. And they used a 3SGE yeah. or GTE? G- sorry, GTE. Okay. My bad. Um, 
But they they used one of those engines, the hybrid drive setup. <laughs> so weird. That, but that was the very first. It got first place at uh, the uh, Super Taiku Twenty Four Hours of uh, I think Suzuka, okay, or something. But uh, no, I mean, it, the, the tech all works. Yeah. It, and wow, that car must have been way lighter. Yeah, way lighter. Because the, the GTE is not a light engine, but I mean the two JZ GTE. Yeah, it's it a, is. It's a, a big heavy pig. Behemoth powerhouse, but it is so heavy. Yeah. It's like a Jeep four liter inline six heavy. Oh yeah, it's a it's a cast iron inline six, yeah. Yeah. But um when they race these in uh super GT touring car racing, they yeah. used a three S GTE actually instead. Yeah, for better weight distribution. I bet and that would actually be pretty fun. Yeah. I would actually really like if they had a factory three S GTE. That'd be super that. cool, wouldn't it? It yeah. would sound dumb, but it'd be really cool. But um so this is the thing. They piloted that from like nineteen ninety four until 2006 and 3000 in uh super gt racing That's and so toyota weird. touring car and well, they, were, they didn't really have an alternative though they replaced it with the sc430 nice yeah so <laughs> but that's the thing is like that car is that car's racing pedigree outlived its the car itself uh then on top of that you had all the privateer stuff with drag racing um the world record on stock internal engine is like seven or it's like 800 horsepower now and it's like a eight second quarter mile i think i'm pretty sure a fourth gen small block is now bested it on factory internal record but it is close yeah it's and like, that's saying something yeah that's like really up there i mean that's what that's what its record <laughs> this engine is was engineered engine. in like 1990 so yeah actually before that in 1980s it was designed yeah wow because their test mules before they actually made this car were the uh, third generation Supra and uh, Lexus uh, SC, I think. I'm gonna have to double check that. Like the previous generation, um, Soar, I think. All right. Um, but yeah, so this car is like really, really, really just like an amazing car, and like it makes sense when you like start to like read about it and stuff, and do you do your research, it begins to make sense why this stands out among the other ones. The only other car that would really was giving it a run for its money was the NSX. But the thing is, the NSX had the Ford GT problem. Where what every, do you mean? Everybody bought it and put it in a garage and took care of it. Oh, I suppose, yeah. Okay. Like, nobody modified them. So there's a shitload oh, of NSXs that are in really good condition. And there's only, like, 6,000 of these in good condition. There's 11,000 Mark IV Supers. I feel like VR4s escaped that better of any of the, like, the four major, or maybe five major. I th- well, that's the thing with the VR4, though, is the VR4s, um, the 3,000 GT VR4. Yeah. Um, that one, what happened with those is they tanked in value. Right. But the people that had them took kept really them good stock. First owners. Yeah. Second owners didn't just, do the I've maintenance. Never, I've never seen a 3000 GT VR4 ruined to the extent I've seen so many Mark IV Supras. Oh, no, that's the thing is you're right about that. But the 3000 GT VR4 is a lot of them just fell into disrepair. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of those that were end up in junkyards like five years after they were new. Well, yeah. 10, five to 10. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. But like it's just people that are just like DSM, wait, yo. they're like wait, how much are spark plugs? How much is the timing belt? Oh, oh I don't know. Can you imagine? I just gonna let it go. Or a timing belt on that thing? Yeah, it's got to be an intake. engine out. It, you have to take the intake manifold off to do the plugs. Yeah, it's spark plugs are insane. You have to do that on pretty much every front wheel drive V6 though. No, not really. It's only ones that loop over the back half of. Uh, a lot of them do that. Like even like all the Lexus and Toyota, the three threes and stuff like that. Uh, three threes, intake. yes. Yeah. But I mean, it's really common thing in the nineties, like. The Honda V6s didn't do that. So there's that. Um, 
But yeah, anyway, so the Mark the Mark IV Supras, um, yeah, those, those cars are just like totally insane, like what they've been going for. And it's I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with them because I think what's going to happen is every single one, I think it might do a Porsche thing where every single one just goes immediately into a collector because all these people that like have them right now, like they're, well, they're going to sell them now. Well, they, yeah, you can't afford to, they can't afford to buy another one. So they're just going to sell them for a, a ton of money. And get something else, I guess. Because it's kind of... I think that's what's going to happen is there's going to be a big bubble with them. Um, yeah, I don't think they're going to come down too much from there. No, no, no. I think there's, there's going to be a big bubble. I think it's, they're going to skyrocket up to like 170 or something totally ridiculous. Yeah. And then like five years stall out. And then I think it, it'll level Come off, back to yeah. Earth and end up at about like 130, 140. So that's yeah, I think. I think a nice V160 turbo is never going to really... However... For less than 100... However, I, 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 I do think once millennials are like Concours, Elegance, age, old people. Yeah, that's true. Then they're going to really be worth all of the money. Because it's people our age that are going to be looking for these. Yeah. And nobody our age can afford a V1 66-speed turbo. I would say, you know, compare them to like a Dodge uh, Daytona, a Charger Daytona from the 60s. I mean, the month of Big Wing or whatever? The Big Wing ones, yeah. Yeah. I really think we should probably compare them to that, like as far as how their values are going to go. Except you have to also deal with inflation, so you know it's gonna they're going to be worth a lot more than those were uh, in total dollars. I believe uh, that. Yeah. So um, the uh, yeah that that's kind of where I met with this car. So it's just it was just totally insane that that went for that. It was bound to happen. It really was. Um, I also called it the second I saw. I'm like, this is the car. <laughs> yeah. And you, then I was right. Yep. Actually, yep. I was, it was in my. You sent it to me on some platform. I'm like, yeah, well, I don't doubt it. I, I said to Ben, I'm like, I'm thinking 120 and 130. 121. Yes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was like right on the money for what I guessed. Um, but yeah, so there's that about that. What's, well, since we went out of order, you've actually got the next thing too. So here, why don't you do yours? No, no, no. Tell us about the mod, mobile podcast right. studio. Well, I lowered the Mazda 5. Yes, I did that over our week long break, so that was really fun. Uh, I got I, I lowered it because it was actually cheaper to lower it than it was to actually do factory everything that it needed. So I got uh, B and or what is it B and H and R H and R yeah H, sorry H and R I'm sorry I was thinking about a different bowling and Grippo is different. Yeah, I was thinking, no, it was a B and G uh, suspension group thing, but I did that with my Subaru. It was just <laughs> some weird parts I had to get. But, um, no, uh, yeah, HR coilers are just fantastic. Um, Jana's last set of coilers that she wrote in were a set of Racelands and my CRX. Oh, God, no. So, Jana, what did you think about... They were terrible. <laughs> and how does the van compare to that? It's fine. Uh, okay, that's fine. So... Fine is high praise. We'll take it. Yeah, fine's very high praise. It means there's no complaint. So, and it's not, like, air ride, so I'll actually be, like, okay. Uh, you know, going around a corner. It has like completely eliminated all the body roll, which is and it looks like, much better too. Shocking, uh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't like stance it out or anything. I just lowered it like an inch. Yep. It, it, just like I said, I would. I'm, like, I'm just gonna lower it down an inch, and it's like perfect, and mm-hmm. it does. So I'm very happy about it. Um, but yeah, now I'll be uh, posting up a like, kind of like a how-to video and review on coilovers. So that it's be mostly a review because everybody knows how to put in coilovers. Why brand new coilovers are a great alternative to your blown as hell factory suspension? Well, that's the thing is like it's they weren't a three thousand dollar set of coilovers, right? Like they were a thousand dollar set, 
decent coilovers are getting so much cheaper. Yeah, and that's exactly like what 10 years ago, a decent set of... Like the Apexi World Sports I bought for the third Gen MR2. Yeah. Like they were that level or probably even worse. And they were like $1,300. It's like, this is ridiculous. I can get yeah. KWV3s for that thing out for that kind of price. Yeah, no, this... My, yeah, these were totally reasonably priced and they rode fantastic. Um... They make a, a, I do have a little bit of suspension noise when I go over really big bumps. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to dial in what exactly what that is. I think it might be. Did you use I'd, factory top mounts or did they come with pillow balls? I use factory top mounts, but I think. Uh, make sure you're not missing a washer somewhere. That's um, happens to me all the yeah, time. Yeah, I'm going to double check on my washers. And then I'm also uh, going to double check my sway bar links because my right front and my left. Yeah, my, my is, right does front. Does it only my, clunk when you go over undulating pavement or when you go over like expansion joints on the road or both? Expansion joints. Like big that's not a sway bar in length, then. That's top mounts. No, that's top mounts, yeah. I'm going to have to deal with that, then. Yeah. I do want uh, to double-check the sway bar links, because they went through hell and back again when I was getting them out. So. No way. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, like, put the impact on them and just, like, grab them the other end with a vice grip. And, yeah, you end up spinning the ball joint at, like, 3,000 RPM for a while. You're like, yeah, ah, it's probably not normal. Yeah, that, that, that was kind of the <laughs> issue. Well, I did a um, – yeah, I, I just did it by hand, but still, there is uh, – there's some funkiness that went on with them, so they had. Uh, I just want to double check and make sure they're okay. That's fair. But yeah, no, I'm very happy with it. Highly recommend it. It, it was like I got them on a whole. I got them on uh, closeouts. So it was like 880 bucks for the coil. Are they actually designed for the five, or did you get them for a three? And they're just... for a three. Okay. And I was a little worried, but honestly, it drives fine. I don't know why everybody was complaining. They're like, oh, they're, the car weighs so much more. I'm like, it weighs one person more. Coilovers have adjusters. Yeah. You just crank it up a little bit. Yeah. It, it's fine, yeah. I'm really happy with it. It's like when I had, uh, oh shoot, what was it? When I, oh yeah, when I put the coilovers in Mr. Wags, I bought sedan ones. They're like they're the same size, mm-hmm. and I tow with my car, so I probably will swap out to just springs and struts. But if you didn't tow with your car and you didn't have outrageous tongue weight, it'd been fine. You'd never even know. Yeah, that's and like with this one, it's like I honestly, you can't even tell. Like, you, you really can't, because right. mine's a more basic five, so it's a sport, so it, it doesn't it's have... It's got a, the manual. Yeah, <laughs> it's got the manual yeah. on it, so it's a little bit it's a little bit lighter than most fives. Heck yeah. So it's, like, pretty close to, like, a fully loaded, like, every spec, like, every box checked Mazda 3 would be. So it's only, realistically, like, maybe, like, a 180-pound difference. So it's, it's, like, a one-core-y difference. Imagine you're somewhere between 180 and 200. No, he's heavier than that. 210? Okay. <laughs> it so, varies. Depends on how many beer and potato chips and pizza. It's it's about, about it's about two Jana's worth it's, of it's extra meat. weight. I I fluctuate between 180 and 200. Okay, yeah, so it's a burger. There it's one burger of weight. So it's not that bad. Anyway, let's talk about this Porsche thing. Sorry, I just got sent a really funny message. Yeah, Porsche stuff. Again... So, Porsche is the king of selling you acronyms for useless crap. So they have PSM, Porsche Stability Management, PASM, Porsche Automatic or Active Stability Management, and then they've got just like, just a bunch of crap like that. Just Bosch systems that they make their own acronym for for no reason. They charge you a bunch of money for it. The new Porsche 911, the 992 that was just announced, comes with something called a wet mode. Which, you guessed it, it's just a stability control feature developed by Bosch that 
is basically anti-hydroplane because these things obviously run steamroller meets from the factory and they're driven exclusively by idiots. Ah, yes, a hydroplane everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. if you're going around a corner in a brand new 911, uh, it's just it's a different stability control program basically to keep the rear engine car, which of course is an issue that's just been engineering around for the last 50 years. 60 now, actually. I'm, I'm honestly fine with that. I'm, I'm happy that they're engineering around that. Yeah, no, it's it's fine. I That sort of mindset, I think, needs to be more prevalent yeah, in today's it, automotive maker world. Make the engine engineer around it. Yes. But yeah, I, I thought just the name wet mode is, is, is pretty great. Aren't these owners, though, the ones that would turn that off immediately? Of course. Oh, I don't want them taking away control from me. Well, but the, the people that buy the PDK cars are not going to figure out how to... Disabled. These are these are also the people that play Forza with uh, simulation steering on, and they just dominate the bottom of the leaderboards. So, <laughs> dominate the bottom of the leaderboards. Uh, but yeah, the, there you go. Uh, if you want to read this, feel free to pause the podcast and, and do so. But there you go. I thought that was an amusing name for a very basic Wet system mode. developed by a different car company. Oh God, that's such an awkward name. It's so German. Um. All right. Well. <laughs> You. It just sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's leaving a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, well, too bad. It happens. So wet mode. No wet mode. It's That's like, what happens to all the ladies when they get in my Porsche. <laughs> oh, sorry, say it's, sorry, Porsche. It's, it, yeah, let's uh, say it sounds it sounds like an awful euphemism. Uh, I'm sure piss jugs and that Josh guy will be a pretty big fan of that. Fucking uh, piss jugs. Anyway, so you know what we mentioned the last time. That um, on Monday, yeah, I saw a um, a Prius, a first gen Prius with a collector plate. Yeah, like a '99. Yeah, it, we we we're gonna talk about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Vehicles that are now eligible. Yeah, so for collector plates, <laughs> cars that came to be in the 1999 model year that are very cool. So or at least unique. EM1 Civic SI is the original. Yep. Well, not really the original. We talked about the, the EM1s. Yeah, though. the EM1s. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bless, Bless you. you. The EM ones are are up there. Um, the first generation channel. What year was the first generation Sienna that your mom had? I don't know. I think ninety seven. Uh, ninety seven. Like okay, 98. so ninety eight. Yeah, Toyota Siennas are getting there. Nissan Quests are getting there. I've yet to see any second generation Windstars. Regular E forty six three series. Oh yeah, that's it. The E forty six. Oh my god. Yeah. I don't think of that as a twenty year old car. Yeah, ninety nine. Cross. Yep. There you go. Huh, well, the the uh, M's come in two years. My M5 is eligible next year. Oh, Jesus. Right? <laughs> God. <laughs> Digest that and try not to nap. Well, that's the thing is, like, I feel like, all right, so everybody talks about, like, you know, like, car, cars of the years. Cars of 2000, there was not anything great that came out in 2000. Like, came out in 2000. Um, I, I don't know. I think 2000 had a more eventful model year than two th- uh, the 99. Well, for uh, the new Beetle, as of '98, that's up there. That's true. Yep. Yeah, but there's so many like just like weirdo cars that are there. Um, oh, the Toyota to... Echo. Yeah. Well, that was the same platform as the first gen yeah. Prius, so yeah. of course, yeah. It's. I'm just really excited about that because <laughs> I know Jana loves those so much. Uh, wow. Did, did like... the Mark IV start in '99? Ninety seven, ninety eight. I, I know the B five did in ninety eight, but Mark, I thought the Mark four was a year later. I think I think it was uh, I think it was the second half of ninety seven. That's what it was. 
because I distinctly remember a key. I whenever somebody comes in with a ninety, you're right. Yeah, ninety-seven to five. I say I distinctly remember every time somebody comes in with a ninety-seven golf. I keep getting Mark III parts. After I have to type in as a Mark as a ninety-eight W two twenty Mercedes S class. That round headlight one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Production started August thirteenth, nineteen ninety-eight for a nineteen ninety-nine model year. I really hate. That body style. Those are nice cars, ah. but they they were painted with like nail polish or something. It just like you immediately look at it wrong and it rusts. Oh god, I know that. That's but I like I my dad's S fifty five. It's a nice car. Well, I know, but I keep seeing them and they're always just like there's they're in air such sus- bad shape. Air suspension's blown out. Yeah, the ABC is pretty bad. Problems. Nah, the electrical's fine. Well, they'll end up with electrical problems just because somebody mucked with it. Well, only because the bodies rust so much and the yeah, rust starts I mean. like cutting against the wires. The rust and it's like <laughs> the air suspension's a very genuine, very real gripe about those cars because all of them have make, like timing failure. chain noise. And Who is awful. calling me from Moose Lake, Minnesota? Do you know anybody from Moose Lake? I don't even know where that is. I think it's north and west of here. <laughs> well, I know it's north. Because I drive through every place south of here to go various other places that aren't Minnesota, but I don't know which other not, direction. I try and I don't go north all that much. Lake, oh gross. god, it sounds like it's really what far away. What other ninety-nine model years, man? There's got to be. That's the thing is, ninety-nine, two thousand kind of sucked. First-gen Mercedes M-Class, also. That's true. Yeah, and but then the uh, ninety-eight. Uh, the um, Ford Focus. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Be excited. You know, th- those have non-serviceable air filters. Like engine air filters? Yeah. So you have to replace the airbox? Yeah. <laughs> the boss at work's uh, sister uh, got one for like super cheap, and we we're going to do Good an air filter God. in it. And you can't take the air filter out, so we had to do a cone air intake. <laughs> I love that you use cone air. <laughs> like, we decided to use, like, we had one off of a parts car, and we're like, it was for like a Mark IV, and we're like, oh, that works. All right. BMW X5. Seriously? Oh my god. Yep, 1999 oh. for the 4.4. That's like just not an old car. Wow. No, you see those going down the road, you're like, eh, all right. That's a not modern old. vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. The third generation LS, the LS 430s. Did those start in 99? Yeah, and the SC430. I think wow, it's up there. Right. Yeah, the SC430. Like, it's a bunch of like just modern cars. Like is this what people is this what people felt like when like yes. CB Accords? Yep. Like, oh dude, yeah, totally. Like ten years ago, they're just like, what is this like twenty year old Accord doing? Oh my god, it's twenty. <laughs> uh, production started in August two thousand of the third generation LS. Two thousand one was the first model year. Okay, so I, it's it's getting close to there. What about the SC? Because I think the SC is up there. I'll check that. I'm pretty sure that one's got to be. If it's not, it's got to be close at least. A one. A one. So, yeah. Probably the same. That's the thing. It's like nothing really happened like 90 and 2000. I think everybody's too worried about making sure their computers had a four-digit date code. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I certainly was. We were all too distracted by Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears. Yeah. Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, Y2K. Baby, it's the way you made me. And then like putting their... Giant Bomex body kit on their Honda Civic oh, before yeah. they had to go to work the next day. Can we put collector plates on Fast and the Furious in two years? Yeah, cool. Yeah, I think we. I'll put. I'll put it on my. I'll grab my collector plate off my Civic and put, put it on, on my, my DVD HD case. DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I've got the HD DVD downstairs. I'll get my but... DVD case and I'll get my VHS of Fast and Furious one. I'll put my collector plate across both of them. I'm still racking my brain to see like what what is like the 
like the car that just makes you like cringe the most. Like that's still so new. All of them like from like the early 2000s kind of make me cringe. The BMWs I think are the ones for me. Like the E46 3 Series and the X5 are like, oh God, really? Yeah. Especially the X5. It's like those really, they age pretty well. I think the one that makes me cringe, it would be the Ford Escort uh, ZX2 or whatever. That Escort Coupe. Was that a 99? That looks old to me. That looks like a 96. I know, but I mean, like, that's just the fact that there's to be somebody on Earth that has one of those that thinks it's now collectible. Oh, God. What? Oh, how about that uh, that Honda Odyssey or, like, the MDX, maybe? Second generation Odyssey, yeah. Oh, dude. I, wow. yeah, that's it. Yep, second gen Odyssey. Ugh. That's there. I mean, they look they look early 2000s to me. They don't look 99, but, yeah, I think those were those 99 were at those the latest. Were, those were 99. I, I think it might have been 98 even. Yeah. yeah. Cause they, they switch the Odyssey and they switch the Accord body styles because oh, they're based off Accords. Oh God! Oh God! This computer is so slow. I'm just the stuck. advent of the really awful five-speed Honda automatic. There you oh, go. don't worry. There's barely any of them left. Yeah, I, I still see those occasionally on coilovers with giant wheels. It's interesting. Oh, so our, the ZX2 is actually introduced by Ford '97. Okay. No, actually, the, I Down mean, right old. if you get a modern transmission. That Odyssey is not bad. I actually do put a TL six speed or five speed even in that thing. Yeah, it'd be. But I mean, even as far as automatics go, just because it's super easy to just swap one automatic to another. Like you can, well, get, yeah. they, they make better automatics for it. Do they? Yeah, they do. Oh, more yeah. modern ones don't break as much. It was just that. I know those were really bad. It was like up until like '06 that they were like awful, and then '07, '08 they got they got a lot better. Hmm. Um, no, there's. Even um, like a CRV, I know those were earlier than '99, but seeing like a clean first-gen CRV with collector plates, would be like, what the hell? That'd be interesting. Jan just sent me a barn find of a Ford Mustang SVO. That's kind of cool. It's like the coolest looking Fox. Oh, body. it's a four headlight too. No, it's it's just an SVO. Oh, they have that the, weird. The corner solid... markers were so big it looked like I know. a second pair of headlights. They've, they've got like weird <laughs> headlights on the SVO. I love them. Interesting. But no, the uh, the second generation Odyssey, I really like the body style on it. Um, That's much better looking than the first gen. The first gen's my favorite though. Oh, I don't like those. No, they they look awful. But they those are four cylinders. Those are much easier to swap manuals and. I would like a K series in a second gen. I wish they had done that, but. Yeah, that would have been really cool. Well, in Japan, they did, actually. Because really? Japan, they had a four-cylinder Odyssey. Yeah, the Odyssey we had here was unique to the United States. Ours were J32s or J35s? We had J32s. Okay. Yep, the J35 didn't exist until much later. I didn't know. But, um, no, the, the first-generation Odyssey is a really cool car that's been eligible for collectors. I have seen them as collectors. That's but, ridiculous. Like, no, there are, like, Mugen body kits and everything for it. And, like... <sighs> of course... Some of those will survive in excellent condition, but there are a lot that aren't. Yeah. Well, no, I've seen a lot of really nice ones. Like, if you go to, like, um, California, go to, like, JCCS and stuff, you'll see, like, dope odysseys. But they seem to handle neglect pretty well other than the transmission, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, so that that is a really kind of cool example. Of just that, I think that might be the one that makes it go, what the hell, the most. Would okay. Be the, would be the... So you pick the second-gen Odyssey, I pick the first-gen BMW X5. Yeah, the second-gen Odyssey is just, what the hell? Seriously. Oh, God. What the? Huh. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's not talk about it's that anymore. It's making me cringe. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, third generation Eclipse. That was 99. Oh, yeah. The Dirty Vegas ad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I want to listen to that song really bad. Dude, you know what's coming up in a couple of years? What? The Evo. 
That was 2003. The Evo 8. It's only a couple of years, dude. A few years, I guess. Yeah, I should but there, say. there's a bunch of stuff starting in 2002 that's like, no. No. 02 and 03. That's Whoa, where wait, I draw the line. What was the first year of the MR2 Spider? 2000. That's next year. Next year. All right, that's going to be mine for next year. It's going to be the MR2 Spider. I think Spider. the Celica might have done a year. Or, no, it was for 2000. I yeah. just really don't like thinking that, like. Oh, God. 2000 was 20 years ago. Just, okay, we need to stop talking about this. I feel so old now. Wait, what, what, like, what about I the Murchilago? I was feeling old about 2009 2002. being 10 years ago. Now Seriously. we're talking about 99 But the modern 20. world for me is like, my brain has accepted that that's like 2002, 2003 yeah. for a lot of the stuff I care about. But like 2000 wasn't that much before that. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff is the same in 2000. You just don't think about it. Yeah. So, yeah, what no, we this... just did there was like, ugh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But 2002, 2003, you'd be guys. like, well. 2000, 2003 was like the difference between 1980 and 1983. Corey's been eligible for collector plates for two years. That's weird. Oh, yuck. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, like 80 to 83. Like, if you look at like oh, what a road looked like in 1980, you had... Just ginormous American. Not even roads, but like look at shopping complexes. Look at infrastructure. Look at the hair. In 2000, things looked relatively modern. In 2003, things looked like they do today. In 1982, yeah, fuck, I can't even recognize the world. That 1982 looked like 1975. Yeah. 1983. There's periods of time when things just don't change. 1983 looked like 1987. Like, it was just a massive change. There's, like, yeah, from there, it's post malaise. Yeah. From there to, like, 1991 or two. Yeah, that was all the post malaise. And then you get, like, 91, 92 to 2001. Yeah. And then you get 2002 to. I think we're still kind of there. I'd say 2002 to 2011. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you're you're right. The reason reason for that is because of the recession. So maybe even a little earlier then, because that, no, because that was like that's the but, effects. It, well, that's the thing is the whole two thousands was one. That was just like a series of recession shit, because right. you had the dot com bust. So what you're saying is like when the market after it like dumped in 08, like three years later when it was back right yeah. on top. 2011. I, yeah, I think I think had the market not dumped out in two thousand eight, I think things would still be a lot okay. like, it, I like they that. were in two thousand three. I'd say yeah, that's probably pretty good. Twenty ten or twenty eleven. You can also mark. When the Millennium Happened by the Sound of Mitsubishi Starters. <laughs> I haven't heard any of those, except for the Mirage I drove. Yeah, the Mirage sounds cool. But I mean, the Mirage sounds like a normal car. No, but they, the, they, that they, the, thing sounds like a weird outboard engine when you start it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, like, ni- like 2000s Galants and like Endeavors, when you start them, they have this like, weird like reverby, echoey noise. Only to make the car sound cool. Can we just cooler. start V12 engines? Because that sounds way better. Do you have the keys for Merchalago? There are three V12s in here. The keys for all of them are here. Why don't we just start all of them right now? <laughs> on camera. That would be too much work. You have to climb up to the Merchalago, which sucks. And I guess the 850 would be easy and the SL be easy. But those are both. Yeah, but those don't sound as cool. Yes, they do. How cool is that? Well, they're quieter. They sound just... We're talking about the starter noise, not oh, the, the starter noise. noise, yes. It's just like the 60-degree V12 compression noise. But yeah, next time you're around a Galant... Like particularly a which bit is early never because they like don't exist anymore. Yeah, well, yeah, they're all in junkyards. Yeah, but if you're ever around a Galantra and Endeavor from like the early 2000s that still has an intact exhaust system, uh, listen to the noise it makes when it starts up. It makes a weird echoey noise. 
I remember sitting in a Gallant GTZ in 2002 at the auto show. I'm like, this is a manual only V6 cool Gallant with like a spoiler and a front lip thing. Dude, the Diamante. Why am I not writing a Japanese nostalgia car? Article? I'll make a note. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in the podcast notes. Disregard it. Okay. <laughs> All right. I want to move on to interesting engineering. <clears throat> Okay, Which me. I find very interesting. I saw this the other day on Facebook when you were yeah. talking to that And gentleman. it reminded me. I mean, Dirt Every Day actually did uh, a, a project where they started with an old Ford van that had this and they had to convert it away from it. So let me preface this just a little bit. So we've talked about differences between four-wheel drive and all-wheel drive before. Yes. We know what that means now. So we expect a four-wheel drive vehicle or an all-wheel drive vehicle largely to have an engine. Yeah. A transmission yep. and a transfer case. Yes. And then you have one drive shaft back, one drive shaft forward, two differentials, one on each axle, and that's the end of that. In the 1970s, they needed four-wheel drive systems that would fit in vehicles that had a little bit less vertical clearance. They didn't have room for a live axle on the front. Like a Buick Saber, like a Chevy Caprice, or Yep, full-size like sedans Oldsmobile and vans. Yeah. Vans were a big one because they couldn't fit a live axle under the engine in a van because the engine stuck into the cabin so much. So what Dana Spicer did is they actually put two front differentials on these systems. And how they did that is they actually had an X, or sorry, a V-shaped transfer case, kind of like a boat. What? Theoretically, you can have a three-wheel drive vehicle now. You could, yeah. If you welded the front diff inside the transfer case, you could totally have a three-wheel drive vehicle. Yes. There you go. I just you would never, just... ever want to do that. No, but <laughs> you could. Theoretically, you could. Anyway. So these systems, pretty heavy, but honestly... <laughs> they, look, they look impossibly heavy. They look awful. They're pretty reliable, as it turns out. So uh, the front suspension's really complicated. They're really heavy. The unsprung weight is ridiculous. With oh, I can systems. only imagine the, what you have to deal with. But you could have a, a four-wheel drive wagon back in the day. Yeah, but all right, I, I get that. No, but I'm just sitting here. I'm going. How long is that wheel bearing going to last? How just, long? How how many tires do you go through on your way to work? Just just look at that transfer case. Oh, that looks impossibly heavy. Yep. Pretty cool, huh? That looks like the ultimate Tucker car. Yeah, I'm sure Tucker would love it. Also, can we talk about that awesome exhaust path? Oh, yeah. Right. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so, I think they just tipped that one outside. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Yeah, look at that front suspension. Oh, my God. What yeah. the hell? So, independent front suspension, though. So, that's kind of cool. But, yeah, you have a diff on each one. That is a lot of weight. These are not handling machines. So, again, it was... It's really not versatile. It's not good for high ground clearance vehicles, but for a low ground clearance vehicle where you don't have enough space, this, this is ingenious. Is, this is such a engineering around a problem that shouldn't exist. Yeah, like just lift the vehicle up, or do what Audi did in the early '80s, where you just run it all in the transmission and then just put stub shafts out and run the engine in front of the front axle. Th- that would make sense because at this time they had the Oldsmobile Tornado front wheel drive. Yep. So you could just take the all-wheel Tornado and then put a diff on the end of that transmission and then ah, four-wheel drive! Yep. Yeah, like they already put the Turbo 400 the wrong way around with a chain on the back of it. You can definitely, I can definitely put a second diff in there. Only imagine that these had some... Th- 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 imagine it, the parasitic loss. Yeah, it's got to be so bad. And then yeah, I'm, but fuel was I free. Am, I am shocked 
that that was reliable. Yeah, I, I kind of am too. But I mean, look, there's really not much to go wrong. I mean, it's just all oil-bathed gears. Wow, this is this is being dumb. Twice as many parts. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it totally is. It doesn't make any sense, and it was probably really expensive. Because uh, I mean, those half diff things, like the the ratio would have to be completely different. If you live in Colorado and you definitely need a Ford LTD wagon, you could buy this, or you could get a Subaru GL. Or Which, you could do neither of those things. Get the a Subaru drive car. I'll tell you that the Subaru GL will last as long, if not longer. Be more reliable. Get out of snow better. Much more efficient. It does not get high centered because it's got manually adjustable steering or uh, uh, ride height. Yeah, you, the the Subaru is just better in every way. Yep, that's true. It's kind of like this is kind of like the same thing as like when GM. Um, but this is like ten years before that. What year is this? Like 76? Subaru, Subaru was already doing that then. Subaru started doing that in 73. Okay, fine. Well, it's kind of like when... I, I've told the story about General or General Motors saying nope to CVCC technology. Yes. It, I feel like it's kind of like that, where it's just like GM just finds the most complicated way to do it their own way. But this wasn't GM. Or, sorry, Ford, rather. But it wasn't them either. This was Dana Spicer. Both companies used this. Ford and GM used That's this so system. so weird. It's just, it's so weird to me. Yeah. I kind of want to watch that Dirt Every Day special where they start with that Ford Bang because I show you the whole spicy. I, I am, I'm actually very curious of that. Um, and they put a conventional four-wheel drive front axle under it in the front. So without doing much lifting. I don't know. But you, like, literally, you just pull this transfer case off and you put on a regular one. Like, there's no difference in the transmission. It's very interesting. I, you know what they, they did? Hmm. This is engineering around not wanting to make a separate chassis. Yeah. Which, I'm not saying body, I'm saying chassis, which is different. But I like that, because I hate four-wheel drive, and this would make it so easy to delete it? Well, actually, no, because that front suspension is completely different. Yeah. Never mind, I hate this. Yeah, it's stupid. But it's really fascinating. It's really fascinating, it's really dumb. It's kind of like Cadillac with their mechanical um, automatic climate control. Or their mechanically uh engine displacement cylinder deactivation thing the v864 those are so stupid yeah those are really terrible i should probably do an interesting engineering on those two yeah all right so <laughs> kind of like a bunch of interesting engineering <laughs> for bad ideas yeah we'll cover the 4100 the v864 the ca- 1964 cadillac the Elder- 4.9 ca- is it 1964 cadillac coupe deville automatic climate control yeah i was reading a popular mechanics the other day at work when i was in the restroom about it that from 1964 awful. Well, I left my phone outside. I didn't realize until I was already in the process of pooping, so I just picked up a Popular Mechanics from 1964. A popular Mechanics? Popular Mechanics. Yep. That's like the Jalopnik before Jalopnik. That is exactly what that is, Popular Mechanics. So, hmm. uh, all right. Well, I think um, that would – that's kind of a, a terrible bombshell to drop on. Well, <laughs> uh, um, uh, uh, I just – that makes me just – this whole drive system. Don't don't buy an Audi. This whole drive system makes you feel uncomfortable. Just get something rear-wheel drive. This is so much better. Yep. You know why? Because winter the, tires like didn't the, the Gallardos are fat. Gallardo. Whatever. That I don't care about that one. I'm not get that right. Like I get Lamborghini Gallardo. But anyway, I sound like a drug dealer. Yeah, I guess I do. I just don't care about because the Supra's better because Supra's rear-wheel drive. It's faster, even if a Lamborghini has more displacement and a better engine design. A Supra is a better car than a Lamborghini. Yes, it is. There, and on that, that that's bombshell. A bombshell. <laughs> All right. That's why the Supra is $100,000 and a Gallardo is not. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Bye, guys. Thank you.